the tenth chapter of Hilchos Tein the laws of a plaintiff and defendant. This Pedah contains six halachas and will continue with the laws of financial disputes. In the previous parakim, we learned about metaltaline, movable objects, and a dispute as to whose possession they are assumed to be in. In Pedah Yeralaf, we will discuss disputes regarding land, and this Pedah will discuss intermediate cases which are exceptions to the general rule, such as animals and servants and boats. Pedah Asiri, the tenth chapter, halacha Aleph. Although we mentioned in the beginning of Pedah Ches, and when it comes to metaltal immovable objects, their assumed owner is whoever is now holding on to them. We now see that animals are an exception to the rule. An animal, a wild one or tame one, which is not normally guarded and grazes wherever it wants, it is not among, in the assumed ownership of the one who has grabbed it, the one presently holding it. Since its owner is known, it is not assumed to be in the possession of who is presently holding it. For example, the plaintiff over here, the one claiming that he originally, that he is the owner of the animal, brings witnesses that this animal is known to be his. And the one that is presently holding on to it says, No, you gave it to me as a gift or you sold it to me. In this case, we do not believe him. This that he is holding on to it is no proof that he actually owns it. In other movable objects, we wonder. If it's not his, what is he doing with it? But over here, it's not surprising he's holding on to it. He got it because the animal walked by itself into his property. The animal normally grazes around, and it happened to go into his property. That's why he's holding it. Therefore, if he cannot bring any proof... Witnesses, in other words, that it was sold to him or given to him. The animal is returned to the original owner and he must take a rabbinic oath to counteract the claim of the one holding the animal that it was given or sold to him. As in any case of Kaif and Hakol, if a person completely denies a claim against him, he is required to take a rabbinic oath of Shavuot Heses. Halacha base. The Rambam now tells us this is only in a behemah she'en shmura, that one that is not guarded and commonly walks around freely. However, if the animal, however, was guarded and does not walk around, or it was given over to a particular shepherd who would be holding on to it, even if the original owner can provide witnesses that the animal once belonged to him, nevertheless, in this case, it is in the assumed possession of the one that now is holding on to it. And if he claims that it was sold or given to him as a gift, the one that is holding on to it gets to keep the animal. He takes a rabbinic oath that it belongs to him, that it was sold or given to him, and then he is exempt from any any payment or any further claims. Since we have no rational explanation or reasonable explanation of how the animal came to him because it's guarded or in the possession of the shepherd, therefore he is believed after taking a rabbinic oath. Halacha Gimel. Now that we know that in certain cases 
the one holding on to the animal would be believed to say that he bought it. This will lead us to believe as him in other cases as well when he will have a migoy, that he could make such a claim. As we mentioned on many other occasions, the principle of migoy, that a person is believed if he could have made a better claim. In other words, if he can say that if you think I'm lying, I could have said even a better lie that you certainly would have believed me. Therefore, you should believe me with this as well. And this is a valid uh, idea in halacha, and we will now apply it to this case. Therefore, someone that grabbed another person's animal, which was normally guarded or normally in the possession of a shepherd. The original owner claims that left by itself, it somehow got out of its gate and it came to you. It really belongs to me. Or or it's a deposit, I left it to you, with you to watch. Or I lent it to you, but you have to return it to me. But the one that grabs it says, you're right, it ain't a shali, it doesn't belong to me. But you owe me money for something else, and I'm holding on to this money until you pay me. Or he claims that you borrowed money from me and you gave it to me as a mashkin, as security for the loan for a certain amount of money. Or he's nezek Or you caused me damages and are therefore required to, to pay me certain amount of money for something else. In other words, this cow, he's not claiming that he bought this cow itself. He is, or this animal itself. He's claiming his own money from somewhere else. In this case, we will believe him. He can claim that he is owed that much money up until the, the worth of this animal. Why? Because Since he could have made a better claim that it was bought, that I bought it. As we mentioned in the previous halacha, that should it be Shemura or Masura Ladreya, he is believed to say that he bought it. He merely takes a rabbinic oath. Since he now has a migoy, he could make that claim, we will believe him with his claim also, since he could have gotten away with the claim that it was bought by him. And then he certainly would be able to keep the entire animal. However, in this case, since he is being, he's not taking the animal, he's taking away money, he just doesn't take a rabbinical. He must take an oath after holding a sacred scroll, such as a Torah scroll, or tefillin in the case of a Talmud Chacham, as we've mentioned many times, that a person that wants to be from the Nishboim V'naitlin, that his oath should be effective in order to take money away from another, he must take an oath to Enshel Teda, similar to a Teda oath. So to over here, since he's taking away not the animal, but taking money, he must take an oath with the Nekitas Chefetz. Halacha Dalit. Now that Amram will extend this law to the case of servants, Avodim, that they are also, since they are capable of walking by themselves, in general the same law will apply. They are not considered like movable objects, metaltalim. They are considered in the same category as what we mentioned previously, behemoths. However, there is a difference that Amram will explain that after one has had the, the Ebit for three years, and is considered like land, that after three years he would be believed with a claim that, is, that it belongs to him, that he has bought it. Halacha Dalit. And so too, servants who are capable of walking also are not in the presumed possession of the one who is holding them. But as soon as the original owner can bring witnesses that they knew that this, anim- that, 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 that this servant belonged to him, 
he has believed. And the other person, the one holding the servant, says that, no, you sold it to me or you gave it to me as a gift. This, this servant was given to me as a gift. The one holding the servant is not believed. And the servant goes back to his original owner. And the, the plaintiff, the original owner, has to take a rabbinic oath that he did not sell or give away this evid. Let's say, Let's say the one that grabbed away this servant can bring witnesses that this servant was in his possession for three consecutive years. Three full consecutive years from day to day, meaning the entire year. And he has utilized this servant as one, as a master usually utilizes a servant. In other words, he has been serving him for three consecutive years. Since the original owner did not object all these years, he will then be believed to say that he bought this servant. And we put it in his possession. After he takes a rabbinic oath that he bought him or it was given to him, he was given, he was given as a gift to him, he takes an oath to that effect and then the servant is in his possession. Just as the law is in, with land, as we will learn in the next paddock, that after three years it would be believed, since the original owner did not object, he will be believed to claim that it was sold to him. However, a child, a servant who was a child, a child of a servant, who is incapable of walking because of his age, he is considered like another movable object, because one could not possibly say that, a, that the, the child walked there by itself, the child doesn't know how to walk yet. And whoever has holding on to this child, it is assumed to be his. We have our general principle regarding movable objects that someone who wants to take away from another must bring a proof. Therefore, even if the original owner can bring witnesses that he originally owned this child, he still will, will lose his chazaka since he does not have the explanation that the child walked away by himself. Halachahei. One person that makes a claim against another, that this garment, animal, or servant that you were holding on to is really mine. Or you shawl or gozel, or it was lent to you, or you stole it, or you've kandetivetzloch, or socherloch, or it was deposited with you for safekeeping, or you rented it. And the, the defendant claims, like that's not true. But this is my possession and it's my inheritance. And the plaintiff brings witnesses who testify that they know that this object or servant or animal, they knew that it once belonged to this person, to the plaintiff. So over here it would seem we would go back to the law we mentioned in If a person makes a claim and then witnesses counteract his claim, then he can no longer make another claim. So, in these cases, if the, the defendants would have said that it was sold to me, then the law would be governed like what we said previously. However, over here it looks to be that he is Huxakafram, because he said he inherited it, and now witnesses say, no, it originally belonged to this other person, so it seems he's a liar. However, in this case, there was a, a little bit different uh, conclusion. The, the 
The defendant explains his words, and he says, true, it belonged to you. You gave it to me or sold it to me. This itself would not be a sufficient claim. It seems like he's still Hukhsakafra, and he completely was, is denying the witnesses over here. Originally, he said it was he inherited it. Once the witnesses said that it belonged to the, person, the original owner, then he says, yeah, but you sold it to me. We wouldn't believe him for that. But now he has an explanation for why he said it was his inheritance. This that I said it's my inheritance. I didn't mean literally I inherited from my father's. But it's mine as if I inherited it. Inheritance, Yerushasi, is another way of saying you have complete ownership of something. That's what I meant. Therefore, he claims it is. There shouldn't be Hochsa Kafrin. Because he didn't. He is not contradicted by the witnesses. He is believed with such a claim. And he takes a rabbinic oath and is allowed to keep the object as governed by the previous halachas in this Perek. Because we already explained previously in Perek Zayin, that the defendant is able to change his claims as long as he can explain why he did so. And in this case, since he is explaining, clarifying his previous words, we believe him with his later claim. Now the final halach of the parak halach above. To understand this halach, we need a little introduction of the general rule of a case when it is impossible to gr- actually grab an object and be muhzak in it because of its size. For example, a boat. How would one be able to prove possession on a boat if he has no document or witnesses? In the case where there's a dispute over such a, an object which one cannot grab hold of, our sages decree that the law should be called the Alim Gvat. Whoever can overpower the other one and take control over the boat and uh, drive it and so on, whoever can overpower, he has, the, he has legal possession of it. As the explanation has been given, that it is assumed that the one who really owns the boat will actually fight harder for it. The one that doesn't own it will not put so much effort into it, because he figures that anyway, sooner or later, the other person will be able to bring a proof, and thereby take it away from his possession. Therefore, he would not fight so hard. The one that really owns it, however, will fight very, very hard to make sure he owns it. Therefore, our sages rely on this idea of called the Alim Gvar. Allah Sfina a boat or something similar. The two people are disagreeing regarding it. Each one says it entirely belongs to him. And they came to court. One person says, listen, I know the law is called Alim Gvar, and I'm afraid that this person is stronger than me. It really belongs to me, and I can get witnesses, but he's stronger. He'll grab it away. And even if I provide witnesses, I'll have a hard time getting it away from him. Therefore, he requests from the court, Let the court grab it until I am able to bring witnesses. The law is ain tapes in Isa. The court does not listen to him and the court does not mix into such a case. Unless, of course, as the, as the Kesdah Mishnah points out, that both parties agree that the boat should be held by them until the, it is resolved peacefully. Then they, then they hold on to it. But since the decree of the sages was that called Alim Gvar, if only one party requests it, they, re, they do not take it out of that category by holding it in court. Let's say the court did take possession, the court grabbed it, they're holding on to it and waiting for this person to bring witnesses. He goes away and he can't find any witnesses. Now he comes back, he says, 
Just leave it for the both of us. And then whoever overpowers the other will grab it. Just like the law was before. Before the court held on to it, the law was called Alim Gvat. Now that it's, that it, I can't find witnesses, so let's just put it out on the street again. Out in the, out in the river, wherever, and we'll fight it out as the lawyers called Alim Gvat. Ain't shaming lahem. The court does not listen to such a request. Once the court holds on to it, they do not let it go. They may see an Asa Bezdin Miyodam, and the court does not let it out of their possession, until one of the parties brings witnesses that he owns it, or until one of the parties agrees to the other, admits that he does not own it, or or until they agree to willingly divide it between them after taking the oaths. Komoshaviarno, as we explained in the previous pedic, how an uh, uh, animal or garment or something of the sort is split up when both of them are claiming complete ownership of it, that it's split up only after taking a shvua, ke'en shotayda benekitas chayfetz.